Welcome along to the Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones and on the show uh, today I am joined by a former rugby player who really could have gone all the way to the top if it wasn't for injuries curtailing his career. However, he still played for uh, England 7s, England under-21s, England A and for the Barbarians as well. 122 appearances and 25 tries for Wasps. Delighted to be joined in the studio by the former back row Peter Scrivener. Good afternoon. Hi Matt, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, great to have you in. So let's start with uh, getting into rugby union um anyone who sees you can see why you are in rugby union because uh, you are what six four six five you're you're well, a big chap <laughs> about the six five um yeah i think when i was playing playing weight it was about 17 three but you look at the lads now um yeah i know that james haskell's just retired but um you look at some of them they are absolutely huge so <laughs> How did you at first get into rugby uh, union then? For me, I was, I was uh, a footballer really from a very young age right the way through to about 12, 13. And then my school at Coopers in Essex in, in, um, down south um, was a rugby school. So I played rugby and then I, I, I got to sort of, sort of the, uh, the team, the first team at school. Then uh, Essex, Eastern Counties, London and then obviously got picked for, for England under 18s. And that's how my career then started, picked up by Wasps, which I was very, very lucky, and I was one of those players that are very rare now that was a one-club man. And um, I stayed there for my whole 12-year career, and it was just phenomenal. It's funny how school can really shape what sport you play because uh, you're based over on the Wirral now, and as you'll know, a lot of the secondary schools over there are predominantly rugby union schools that there isn't as much of a focus on football, and that means people do get pushed into a certain sport. I think uh, you, you know, I'm, you know, I've been adopted by by the, the North now, which is fantastic, and I absolutely love it up here. And and I think if you look at school sport in general, uh, whether it's Cawley School, Birkenhead, and uh, or wherever, wherever on the Wirral and in Liverpool, it's about having that balance. I think kids need to have. Uh, across a broad range of sports that they can pick little things up. There's no point for me just having a, a rugby school or a football school. If you've got a mixture of everything, you know, it covers every base. And I think that's really important for kids. We had Dennis Betts in uh, a few weeks ago to pick his sporting hero. And he was saying how he, quite similar to you, he was a footballer from a young age and he didn't really start playing rugby league until he was 13. So rugby union for you, but how interchangeable did you kind of find those skills? Because from... One looking at it one way, they're very different, but then another, I guess you're encouraged to make the same runs or do the same kind of thing in, in different ways. I, I was very lucky. I was quite, I was quite, I was quite a sport billy at school. So, you know, basketball was a big feature for me uh, at senior school. Um, so was football, but then again, so was athletics. Um, tennis, rubbish. But <laughs> um, you know, in the old days where we didn't have to lift. You know, I was I was very athletic uh, in a line out for, from school, so you know that really helped me. I just think every every sport adds something, so you can if if you're concentrating on the football route, there are elements of um, table tennis. I know that Neil Mello is a great mate of mine. Um, you know, he used to play table tennis at Liverpool at Melwood in into you know which helped his footwork. So there's so many things that are interchangeable for every sport, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's the the key for any kid at the minute. Um, yeah, try and play as many things as possible, but just have fun. So when did it become a realistic thing then that you could make a professional career out of rugby? Uh, it was it was 1992. So I was very fortunate. Again, as I said, I, I was I had a number of sports, and I could have probably gone pro, uh, pro at cricket. I had that chance with Essex, uh, but I was playing for England at rugby at school level. And then when Wasp picked me up, uh, even though it was an amateur game in 1992, um, it was it was yeah that's when I really went pro. Uh, 90 went to university. Uh, I did a degree in economics, which was fun um, at Royal uh, not Royal Holloway at um, uh, Brunel. 
And then um, at age sort of 20, 21, when I finished that university degree, Wasps and rugby went professional. And myself, Andy Gomesall, um and a number of that era of that England side, um, we all went pro. It's quite easy to forget how soon or how recent it is that Rugby Union did go pro, isn't it? You think 1995, it's only 25 years ago, mm. whereas you kind of look at where it is now, it's at a completely different stratosphere. Absolutely, and it's, do you know what, when you look at, I look back on, I look back so fondly on my career, um, you know, even though out of 12 years I was injured for five, I think I was the highest paid player in the world at one point, uh, unfortunately that was per game, uh, <laughs> but you know, 95 was was a great time. Um, you know, the the England setup and the club setup was was moving very very quickly. Um, and you you you're you're training and you're training full time as a as a as a pro for rugby. It was just in, it was incredible. Um, we used to play the army a lot, the navy, um, and when those soldiers used to come to train with us um, or play against us, they were always fitter. And then when we went that first year of pro. You know the tables turned because we were then extremely fit, and you know. But now, now look at the game where it's gone now. Wow, it's amazing. It's Radio City Talk. Peter Scrivener, former rugby player, is in. So you play for Wasps. Uh, I'm just looking here. 122 appearances, 25 tries uh, for Wasps. What was it like at that time? Uh, it was great, and I think you missed out 122 games, 122 man of the matches. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it, it was brilliant. There was, yeah, we had a phenomenal side: Lawrence Delalio, Simon Shaw, Kenny Logan, Andy Gomesall. God, the list of players that we had, um, and that was that was sort of the professional era. But then, yeah, when I first joined Wasps, um, Rob Andrew, Dean Ryan, um, Michael White, um, you've got Steve Bates, uh, Damien Hopley, some mega stars, Chris Hoti. Uh, and and then you had the likes of Jeff Probin and and, uh, and Paul Rendell, um, who I, I still try and avoid if I see them uh, <laughs> now. But um, you know, I was very fortunate, and I think that's the beauty of rugby or any sport. When you play a sport, you have you, you have like 15, 15 automatic mates, and that is really powerful. Um, but no, my my career was just fun, and I look back on it very fondly. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, or actually, maybe if I'd if I'd have had my shoulder operated on when I was 20 because I played on it for two years with a with a ruptured shoulder effectively uh, and that may have changed things but you know I never got that that full cap um, uh, but I've I've made Lawrence Delalio very rich <laughs> so in not playing that's the way I look at it uh, well you, you never got a full cap but you played for England under 21s England A uh, I think you played for the Barbarians as well yeah um, and the, yeah, and those they're amazing um, um, times as well. Yeah, bar bars in Italy, which was, which was again great fun. Um, I think Hong Kong in the sevens, playing the first England side to play out there. That was an experience that I'll never ever forget. And again, the, the friendships you build in in sport, uh, in any sport really, that for me is and is yeah more important really than than all the accolades that you you can receive. And you know some of the friendships and mates I've got now, it's just incredible, and that, and that helps you in life. Absolutely. Uh, you talk about your shoulder. Uh, first of all, when you're a 20 year old and, and you've got any kind of injury, I guess you are absolutely desperate not to miss any rugby or, or any sport, and that can sometimes come at the detriment to your later career, can't it? God, yeah, absolutely. And I think now the medical side of uh, professional sport, you know, once once you get an injury, you're straight in for a scan done. In the, you know, when I had that first injury, and it was done in Holland. Um, it just, I didn't. The, the medical back, the medical background wasn't there. 
um, the speed of getting that MRI scan and everything else, it just it just didn't happen. So effectively, I did play on it for two years, and I never forget my my the guys that looked after me, Ben Gilfeather, um, and, the, and the medical team at Wasps. I was getting treatment on it on one week. I was having effectively two weeks off, and then playing again on a Saturday. So that the important bit of rehab and 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 getting stronger and everything else wasn't happening. I was relying on that natural ability you know from week after week to excel and it just you can't you can't operate at the top level like that what's it like playing 80 minutes of rugby though and then coming off the field after a real tough game because i can only imagine how taxing that must be on the body it's like any sport you know you've got 80 minutes as you know Lawrence Delaney used to say when you cross that white line you know you're you're in that zone and you you empty the tanks Mike Friday, who's a current sevens coach for the USA, you constantly hear him on the uh, uh, on the commentary when he when he's you know, on the seventh circuit. Lads, empty the tanks, um, and that's the same for every single sport because you know if you give your all on absolutely everything, when you come off, you are absolutely completely wiped out, and that's when the the, the ice baths come in now, the cryogenic chambers, um, you know, to aid that recovery because you've got a you're a paid athlete, you've got to play week in week out to make sure that you know, the paying public are getting value for money. Were you one for an ice bath? Um, it, do, do you know what? I, it sounds really st- stupid. Um, I, I train at UTS in Hoylake, and those guys down there, you know, Connor and Rob, who, who uh, look after the gym, which is uh, it's a brilliant gym, um, we did a circuit there a couple of weeks ago, and I actually went to Bargain Boos, got four bags of ice, and then threw it in my bath and had an ice bath. Uh, yeah, 9.46. But, um, yeah, the recovery is really important for anyone. And, you know, we used to go to Wasps into to Poland, a place called Spala, and they had a cryogenic chamber there. And we were the first ones to do it under Warren Gatland. He then took the Welsh side to it, which is why they're so successful. That was a minus, minus 140 degrees dry ice. Uh, and the, the, you go in there for seven, well, you go in there for two minutes. If you're in there for seven, you're dead. So uh, yeah, the medics there, and it was phenomenal. But that that allows you to uh, train effectively three times a day, flat out, and that's why wasps so, were so fit, and that's why Wales were so successful a few years ago. What's the uh, proudest moment of your career? Oh, geez, um, do you know it, that's that's a really tough question for me. I think the you know nineteen ninety nine Tetley's Bitter Cup final, um, you yeah, know when we we beat Newcastle uh, was phenomenal. Um, uh, I, t- I think the, the things I think what's created often now uh, after after rugby now you know, the creation of the Wasp Legends charity, uh, which is great fun. Yeah, my business that I'm involved in now, um, you know, Alpha Solutions down in London. You know, I've got a great opportunity down there. Um, so, and I just think you know, that it's what rugby has given me now because it, your career is very very short. And I think that's the key with these athletes now. Make sure you prepare for the afterlife because that is that is absolutely critical so let's get on to uh, the sporting heroes aspect of this um, you were a footballer before you were a rugby player but is there a particular rugby person who you'd look up to and say that's who I wanted to follow in the footsteps of am I allowed to have three or four because I think there's 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 a for me my dad and still is a massive influence um, he was a semi-pro footballer for Hornchurch and Fords so when I was when I was younger you know um, you know he gave me some great advice uh, and you know when I went into to rugby, he knew nothing about rugby, which was brilliant because he sort of couldn't not criticise. He just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't. He just sort of well done. And did you did you play well? Um, you know my hero playing up or play, playing and growing up. I think um, you know I had the opportunity to play 
against Dean Richards, who was just phenomenal. How he read the game, it was incredible. Uh, then I had the chance to play against Inzan Brook. And again, he probably was one of those heroes I looked at as an all-black to go, wow. You know, anyone that drops a goal, I think it was a semi, semi-final of the World Cup, could have been a final from 50 yards out on the right-hand side and slots it straight over. Yeah, that's just incredible. He was, he was superb. But then, then, you know, for me, as life's gone on, um, you know, in my world at the minute, meeting some incredible people, uh, Roger Utley, absolutely uh, superb in, in, you know, how sort of he guides me on sort of things. He's a little bit of a mentor for me, (laughs) very grounded. Um, But then you look at other people that I've I've met, you know, the captain of Invictus Games 2017, a chap called Bernie Broad, that um, just uh, I'd urge the listeners to Google him and see what he's done in life. Um, you know, he's blown up in Afghanistan. Um, he lost both legs. But he's he's found a new life in golf. And, you know, he talks about adversity, um, you know, determination, and just how he's changed things. And for me, you know, you look at heroes, someone like that, you know, that is a, that is a true hero. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and someone who is still inspiring many, many people today as well. I just want to go back to Zin Zambrook there because you mentioned him. When you come up against someone like him, how formidable is that? Do you know, Zinni had the biggest head and still has the biggest head in in world rugby. Um, Zinni was just a phenomenal talent. Um, You know, as a Kiwi, uh, all blacks just breed fantastic players across the field. Um, But he just was phenomenal. He did things that that from from a back row... Um, you know, you always try to emulate, and there was one move he did where he, you know, he, he sort of broke broke right out, out the scrum and flicked the ball behind his back uh, for there for the, the blindside flanker to come through the middle. Um, brilliant, uh, brilliant um, move, and I I repeated that at training once where Roger Rutley was our our coach and manager, and Rog just whacked me across the face um, <laughs> because. It was it was too it was too flash, but I was like, no, Zinni Zinni's doing it. He goes, I don't care, you're not Zin Zambrook. <laughs> um, and that for me, you know, Zinni was just brilliant, just big, athletic, um, but he he just created um, you know phenomenal opportunities because because of his talent. And you know, I always looked up to him, and I, every time I see him now, we have a beer, and it's just it's great. You do have those memories. What's so, he like as a person? Top man, top man. So I think you look at all rugby players. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. There's not one player that I'd say, God, yeah, he's a he's a pain. None. I, I've I've never had that experience with anyone, you know, that I played with or played against that you wouldn't sit down afterwards and have a have a beer with. You know, I I I, I smashed Nick Greenstock once uh, with with a knee drop. He and he's one of my best mates, and he was really upset with me for for quite a while. Um, and and that was just it was so unnecessary for me to do that. Um, and I don't know if I did it sort of for a joke, but he was playing for Quinns at the time, and Quinns and Moss do have quite a lot of animosity. But um, no, there's I think in rugby there's no one that that um, you know that I would never have a beer and a laugh with because I you know it, it's not that type of sport. It's been absolutely fascinating to chat to you, Peter. It's been great to go through your career, some of your highlights, and, and talk about who maybe you looked up to and, and maybe took something of as you went into the game of rugby as well. So thank you so much for joining us on Radio City Talk this afternoon. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. 
Former Wasps back rower Peter Scrivener joining me on the Sporting Heroes podcast this week. My name's Matt Jones, and if you hit the subscribe button, you'll get a brand new one in your box every single week as we release them. On top of that, you can go back if you uh, go on iTunes or your podcast provider and look at some of the other great interviews that I've done in the past with some real stars of the sporting world and some real interesting figures as well. The likes of Chris Kirkland, former England Liverpool and Coventry goalkeeper. He joined me, Lee Breers, a rugby league legend with Warrington. On top of that, Kevin Ratcliffe, Everton legend, Martin Murray, boxer, loads of them on there. Just go back and listen to them. I'm sure you'll enjoy them and I'll have another brand new Sporting Heroes podcast for you next week.